0: Infotrack
1: continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Modern life, including social media, can create stress in our lives. But an expert says we can learn how to turn off stress and find relief. With more, here's Infotrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Anyone with poor sleep, problems with their stomach, or even shallow breathing might be in the clutches of stress. But now, a neuropsychologist is out with a new book that has strategies for understanding and combating stress. Joining us now is Dr. Amy Sarin, author of The Stress Switch, The Truth About Stress and How to Short-Circuit It. Can we say that much of our stress may be unreasonable expectations that we put on ourselves, such as we should be earning more by now, or a child who thinks she or he has to make straight A's all the time?
0: Sure. I mean, certainly how we go about with our relief systems can fuel stress. But stress is actually your brain and body's moment-to-moment fluctuation based on sensory information coming in and so we want to change those long-held beliefs if they're too perfectionistic but what we also want to do is manage our stress when it goes too high in other words when your stress switch gets turned up it might not have anything to do with your beliefs it actually oftentimes is due to things that are outside of your awareness and outside of your control
1: or even some stimuli like too much social media is that a major driver in causing stress particularly for young people
0: Yeah, social media can trigger insecurities and negative beliefs and things like depression and anxiety. And even things like a loud sound can also. So I think that in our current world, we're really obsessed with kind of consciousness and thinking that it's our beliefs that shape our stress. But really, a lot of times, there's a two-way street there. So we want to do behaviors like get off of social media, you know, if it's more than moderation or if it's fueling insecurities maybe take a look at those insecurities and have a healthier view of yourself. But we also want to understand how stress really works in the body and know that it's just going to fluctuate without your awareness. So most of the time we can be walking around moderately stressed and we're not even aware that that's happening to us.
1: Your book mentions certain thinking habits that are harmful. Let's just take a few, one at a time. First, filtering information so we're not taking the whole picture into account. What's that?
0: So if we're in a negative state and someone gives us feedback, let's say at work and says, you know, your work performance is really great. We're going to give you a 3% raise. But, you know, here are the areas you want to improve. So if we're stressed out, we are going to filter out the positive and focus on the negative, And that is going to fuel more stress. So we want to really take more of an objective look at what's happening around us and realize that our brain filters things out for us based on the mood that we're coming in with or based on how high our stress switch is when things happen. And then people know this. when they're stressed out, they catastrophize and make a big deal of things. And then when they calm down, they realize that it wasn't really so bad. And that's how filtering can get us into trouble.
1: And catastrophizing, as you just mentioned, that's sort of looking at the worst case scenario, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So filtering is kind of a precursor to that catastrophic thinking where you say, oh, no, they said I need to make all these improvements. And then a catastrophic thought would be now maybe they're going to fire me right? And then with thinking about that possibility, then turns the stress switch on high. And so these what we call cognitive distortions that you're talking about and ways of thinking, these actually fuel our stress switch quite a bit and they work in concert with one another.
1: Let's take just two more. One is overgeneralization. Explain that for us
0: overgeneralization is when we take an isolated incident and then we kind of think that it's going to apply to all incidences or we overgeneralize. So if somebody says, you know, I was really unhappy that you said that and you think that they're unhappy with you in general or you think that they're always going to be unhappy with you, that's taking something very isolated and kind of blowing it up to a more general, bigger proportion. And then that's going to increase your stress.
1: Emotional reasoning. What's an example of that?
0: Emotional reasoning is when you have an emotion about something and so then you feel like it's justified. So if I walk into a place and I get kind of a weird feeling for some reason and I think, oh, it's because something really bad happened here or something bad is going to happen because I have a feeling that what emotional reasoning is using kind of your emotions to feel justified or, Oh, I felt really angry about that. Therefore this person really is awful, terrible or whatever. And it's using, instead of looking at our emotions for what they are, because they're just going to fluctuate sometimes based on other circumstances. We're always trying to kind of pinpoint why something is happening. And a lot of times we're wrong and a lot of times it just feels our stress switch and it's very, it's unnecessary and it gets us into trouble.
1: We're visiting with Dr. Amy Serin, author of The Stress Switch, The Truth About Stress and How to Short-Circuit It. You mentioned one approach to switching off stress is so-called bilateral stimulation, stimulating the body's left and then right and then back again repeatedly as we consider traumatic events of the past. How does that fix us?
0: Stress is actually a nervous system reaction in the moment, and it can be a reaction to a thought. So if you've had a traumatic experience, but you're sitting in a very safe room right now, you can still feel that trauma and your heart can race, and this is what happens in just normal stress or PTSD. And if we use this technique of bilateral stimulation while you're recalling an event, it actually changes the nervous system reaction to it. And this is how we cure PTSD, and this is how anyone at any time can actually have access to stress relief. So you know, if your boss is having that conversation with you where you're tending to do those cognitive distortions, you can put the technology on even outside of a therapy session and it'll calm you down and you'll just naturally start thinking rationally. Because a lot of times we can't force rational thoughts if we're stressed out. So this technology works in concert with some of these other methods that you've been taught, but you can't really do those methods in the moment that you need them because you're too stressed out. So this kind of brings the body back online and it allows you to take deep breaths, think more clearly, recognize, you know, a more reasonable stance on something. We all know how to rearrange our thinking and to breathe and all of that. But the problem and what no one tells you is that when your stress switch is too high, those parts of your brain is shut down and you can't access that. So we need access to that first to be able to use it.
1: Many of us know that relaxation is good for us. It's a good elixir for combating stress. But a lot of people say, I don't have time. I'm so busy. But do you recommend that your patients actually schedule time to relax? Put it that high on their list of important things to do?
0: Absolutely. And what I don't do though is if I have a patient who is trying to relax and can't, they'll just get more stressed out. (laughs) So we need to create the conditions where relaxation can happen and Reset people's mindsets to understand that meditation, relaxation, things like exercise are the most productive things that you can be doing in a specific moment rather than answering 10 more emails or running this. And when we really look at people's list of have to's, I guarantee you that in your life, you know, 10 to 20 percent of the things that you think you absolutely have to do that are cluttering up your life are not really have to's their want to, then you've convinced yourself that things either have to be a certain way or you have to run around or you have to do this or that. But really, when we break it down to simplifying your life and still being productive and healthy and happy, there's a lot that we can take off of our plate.
1: Dr. Amy Sarin, neuropsychologist who specializes in stress reduction, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. For
1: InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco.
0: You're listening to Infotrack A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.